We are live. JT here. Welcome to The Huddle. The Huddle is where I sit down with successful people from the world of sport and coaching. It's to learn more about their journey to greatness. Why do I have these conversations? Because success always leaves clues. I just want to take a moment to thank you, whether you are watching us as we stream live into Facebook, whether you are watching the replay on YouTube, whether you're listening to the recording on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here with me and my special guest today. I am really looking forward to this conversation. My special guest and I, you know, had a great talk at the beginning of the summer, and he challenged me with this idea. And I'll tell you folks that if you go all in, I guarantee you that you will get something from our conversation today that will change the way you look at the world, maybe change the way you look at life, and just get you to sort of dream bigger and live bigger and achieve your next level of greatness. My guest in the huddle today is a thought leader. He's a keynote speaker. He is more importantly, a great dad, great husband, but most importantly, an amazing human being. My guest in the huddle today is my good friend, Edward Frendozo. How are you today, brother? JT, oh my God. I'm so I'm so excited. I'm so happy to be in the huddle, man. I mean, <laughs> I love what you're doing. I always, you know, and, and not not to steer away, but every day you get so many different messages from social media. And every time I see yours pop up, you know, whether I get to listen to it for a minute or listen to the whole episode, it's always nice to hear inspiration and different reframes of the stuff that we already believe, but sometimes we got to get reminded for. So I, I really, I feel blessed for this opportunity to spend this time with you. I know we've known each other for a number of years, but uh, this is special. Yeah. No, thank you, brother. I receive your words. And again, I'm, I'm extremely grateful that you were able to carve out some time to share your journey and, you know, just have a great conversation today. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. So brother, one of the first things I like to do in the huddle is to remind people that life is a game and games are supposed to be fun. So I'm curious, what is an interesting quirk, maybe a fun fact about you that maybe a lot of people don't know about that you would feel comfortable sharing with our community? Oh my God. I have a lot of fun facts and a lot of quirks. <laughs> um, knowing that I'm in the huddle, uh, actually I'll share two. I'll share two. So growing up, it may not come to a surprise to you, JT, but I was very, I'm, I'm a very competitive person. And when I put my mind into something, I, I love it and, and I, and I want to win. So growing up, I played football, soccer. Um, I played soccer growing up and I relished it. I loved it. I loved running. I was quick, quick. And I just, you know, also used, like to think that I was very strategic in the way I played and I knew it was a lot about out, out hustle but also knowing where the ball is going and where people are going to be um, 
but I loved it. It was just so great. We won a number of things, but you know, I got into high school, got interested in more in being quote unquote cool, hanging out, meeting women. And I stopped playing, I stopped playing soccer. Um, fast forward after university and my internship, I'm like working at Nortel Networks in Brampton and I joined these house leagues. I'm like, I, I want to, you know, you know, you're done school, right? And you, you're only dealing with people that you work with. So I'm, I'm going to join a house league and play soccer again. My 23 year old mind thinks he's still 12 or 13. Also, I'm overweight now at this time after university, not really exercising, not doing things. But my mind is so competitive. I started playing and going all out and playing like I used to that I I hurt myself. I pulled up lame. And being a dude, you know, you stretch it out. You're like, ah, just got to stretch it out and play through it. I got to play through it. And I played through it. Two weeks later, still in pain. Go to the doctor and the doctor's like, yo, um, you should have came here earlier. I think you, uh, you torn your Achilles. Um, it wasn't ruptured, but it was torn. And, you know, when you tear things, what I learned after many years is the scar tissue grows and it grows. And I continued to live my life the way I wanted to. But what happened by doing so, the, my Achilles got so swollen. And the amazing thing about the body is subconsciously it overcompensates. So now my, my left leg got Achilles got busted and started tearing that um, I was, I was in Europe in 2004 or five and I couldn't walk. I was in Amsterdam and literally my buddies, like I, every like five minutes, I'm like, yo, I can't walk anymore. And I decided to get both my Achilles repaired because I couldn't live like that. I couldn't live this lifestyle. It was very humbling for someone who is very outgoing, loved to travel and I took one year, operation after operation, one, six, three months, you know, to repair and then three months physio. And then I did another, the other leg all in one year. And then it took about three to four years before I got the mental um, confidence to start running. So if people know me now who know I've ran four marathons and I'm a runner, um, the reason why I ran is because I was never a runner and I couldn't be the person that was limited. People would ask me, Edwin, why are you running? Didn't you bust your Achilles and have it repaired? I'm like, well, I was already walking. I didn't repair myself just to walk. I repaired myself to be better. Um, so that, I don't know if that's a funny quirk, but it's, um, it's a one story that I never get to share that uh, I endured a lot of pain and humbling experience before getting to this marathon. So when I hear JT, people say, I could never run a marathon. I'm like, Come on, you don't know my story. Let's yeah. uh, let's let, let's do one foot at a time, and we, we could do it. Well, and and you know, brother, I love that you share that. And, and what I really got from it was a couple of things. One, the importance of being, you know, as cliches there, the lifelong learner, right? And that's what I got from you. There was just your ability to to take on new challenges, right? To to take new risks. But I also love the reminder that you share is. It's really easy to look at someone like yourself who's run four marathons, right? To say, oh, you know, Edwin must always have been a runner. But sometimes we, we forget all the work that, had, that you've done to get to that point, right? 
the two Achilles surgeries, right? All the training, all the runs that you've had to do, right? The way you've had to fuel your body, all, all the, all the quote unquote sacrifices you have had to make to be able to get the opportunity to run those marathons. So I think it's a great reminder that where you see people sometimes is not where they've always been. Yeah, that's right. You never know the story. You can't assume. And, and it's just, uh, and it's just an amazing testament to people who, who push themselves. Right. And I was really inspired by being around a lot of runners, a lot of marathoners, and they come with different backgrounds like myself. And you'll never know until you talk and ask and be around these people. Right. And surround yourself with people that you want to learn with. Right. And that, that, that stuff I'm learning as well more. Right. It's something that us growing up as children and you have young children as well, like myself is it's important that our kids are learning with people around their age, right? Not in their age and they're learning acumen, right? Their IQ or one. Mm -hmm. I know you're a teacher, but you know, when we grow older and get out of school, we try to learn things on our own and that's very difficult. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. So one thing that sort of came up for me as you were talking about was you know, sport has obviously been played a role in your life, right? It first started as soccer, then it sort of transitioned into running. So I'm curious from you, what has been the biggest takeaway that you've really taken from sport that is a lesson that you still apply to your life today? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the one thing that I really take home from sport, um, specifically with marathon, because I've been practicing running pretty consistently the last 10 years, is, you know, it's just to run a marathon is one foot at a time. If you break it down, um, this unsurmountable goal is actually one step at a time. And it's same thing with life, with goals, when it comes to your business, relationships, Anything that seems impossible could be broken down to the most smallest bite size, lowest common denominator that you can create to, right? And it's just a matter of, you know, taking it backwards a step, like uh, here's where we need to go. How do we break it down to half? How do we break it down to the smallest common denominator? You know, one thing I share with people with marathon runners, like Edwin, give me your tip with how you run marathons. I say, oh, I only run to the next water stop. That's how I break it down, right? And I know there's typically around 10 water, water stops in, in a marathon, 10 to 15, depending on where you're running. But that allows me to not think about 42 kilometers. It thinks it's, it's, it's the next one's only two and a half kilometers away. Um, it's still a mental game because even though you could logically say it's two and a half kilometers, but when you're on the eighth water stop, man, that two and a half kilometers seems like 20 K away now. Um, yeah. But then you got to remind yourself that that's, you know, your body and mind. And it's, it's, I, I don't know. I know you're a runner GT and I'm not sure if you've ran marathons, but once you get past 30 kilometers, like emotions and pain, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon what happens. And it's amazing what humans could do when they figure that out. And, and I don't think I figured it out yet to be quite honest, yeah. because I still hit the wall bad, <laughs> like 32, yeah. 34 K. And I'm like, every time I get there, JT, I'm like, why, why am I doing this? Again? <laughs> I still, I still, it's, it's, and I think I'm still striving for 
mastery around that mental game. Yeah. Because this is in sports too. It's that mental game. You know, when you watch the watch the amazing, you know, like the Michael Jordans when they're sick and still pushing and getting mind over matter and just letting your body do what it has to do. It's a, it's an interesting phenomenon that I'm so fascinated with. And I think the closest thing I could replicate is running a marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, I may never do like an Ironman. That sounds almost, I, I'm not going to say unsurmountable, but there's a lot of training to do a, yeah. an Ironman. Yeah, no, and, and I appreciate you sharing. And what I really heard from you was that idea of just being able to focus in the here and the now, right? Like what is the next focused action I need to take, right? And you gave a beautiful example of running, right? It's literally putting right foot, then left foot. And why that resonates with me so much is I have not had the pleasure of running a marathon yet. I have ran two half marathons, but it reminded me of the first half marathon I ran where I got to this, the distance. So I never ran more than 16 kilometers at that time. As soon as I hit that mile marker, that 16 kilometer mark, I was flooded with all this pain and discomfort, right? Mentally, the mental game started, Hey, just, just start walking. like all of a sudden part of my language started talking shit to me. Right. So like, I started hearing like all this, da, 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 da. then the physical pain started to come over, you know, the knees, everything. And it was in this moment where I said, you need to make a decision. You're either going to continue to run and finish your goal of running the whole time or you stop. That's it. And as soon as I said, I'm running the whole time, this voice inside of me said one foot in front of the other. And as soon as I did that, it was like this, this feeling of being at peace, surrender. And my mind started to break that, just run to the next kilometer marker and, and doing all that. And what it really taught me in that whole time, and that's why it resonated with me was, like you said, you just have to focus on taking one step at a time. And when you do that, that is where it's just this sense of peace comes over you. And it's just, it, things become more effortless. So, so that's what really came up for me as you were sharing. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, I had a similar experience. My last marathon, it was two, it's almost, it's almost exactly two years ago before COVID I ran Berlin marathon mm-hmm. and it was raining. It's, I, I, I somehow always run in the rain, except Chicago where it was like a heat warning. Like it was, <laughs> I haven't had to be quite honest, you know, then they talk about ideal conditions. I don't believe I had ideal conditions yet in any marathon. Um, but I, I was, I was training with an expectation and this is always the problem, the expectations that we put on ourselves. Um, and because it wasn't ideal conditions, JT, my race goal or my race target goal was, was not going to get hit. And I was really beating myself up. It was raining. It was whatever. And it was like, I was around the 30 K mark, 32 K mark. And I did something different this time. I actually released myself from expectation. And there was like, like you said, a surrendering in my body. And I looked up and I'm like, holy crap, I'm in Berlin. This is amazing. And like, I had this overcoming of joy and feeling, even though like it was still a battle of staying running and whatnot, but that was the first time I felt that in a, you know, in four marathons, I've run a number of half marathons, but that this joy came Mm -hmm. 
because typically at that point I didn't have joy. Like when I did Chicago or New York, I was just like, Oh God, what am I doing? (laughs) This is terrible. Who thought this was a good idea? But that was the first time I felt that overwhelming joy in a marathon. Like, and um, it was just that release of expectation and to enjoy the moment. And, you know, I I still, when I think about it, JT, I still remember it was raining. I can't tell you where I was, but I remember looking up. It's like it was the first time I looked up the whole marathon. And it was like, wow, I'm in Berlin running the marathon. This is freaking epic. <laughs> it was it was cool. Um, but yeah, that's uh, thank you for sharing that surrendering too, because it's it's real, right? You just got to yeah. make a decision and let go. Yeah. Well, I love that you're talking about decision there. Um, again, as, as we both know, right, there's power in making a decision, right? Uh, you know, stopping, stopping, as I was saying to a client yesterday, you know, it's that should I or shouldn't I game, right? That can keep us feeling stuck. So I'm curious, you know, when we chatted at the beginning of the summer, you know, when we first talked about this idea, hey, let's chat in the huddle, you made a decision about 100xing your life, right? Your business in particular. So I'm curious, what sort of prompted that decision? Because brother, as I said to you before we got on here, that 100x idea has been floating around in my head all week. And I'm just like, yeah, what if, what if I 100x my health? What if I 100x my relationship, my income, my business, right? So I'm curious, what, what prompted that decision for you to want to 100x your life? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And it's been a, it's been a, it's been a movement and man, it's, it's, it's just been so powerful for me, but for context, about a year ago, almost a year ago, I have, you know, we all as, as a society, you know, we're going through COVID and, you know, you are either looking to pivot, change, move. How could I create impact? What can I do with myself, with my life, my business, whatnot, or you're waiting to see what happened to COVID, right? Um, It was an interesting time. And, you know, many things was happening for me at the time, which was probably, uh, you know, a sum of what's been going on internally with me, which was, who am I? You know, I'm a tech entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur almost over 15 years now. Um, But over the last couple of years, I had the privilege to be around personal development folks, coaches like yourself, and people who just love to grow and learn and create impact. Where I came from the world of the tech world, I'm a computer engineer, I'm a tech entrepreneur and no one talks this way there. You know, we're talking about metrics. We're talking about landing pages. We're talking about raising a seed round and no one's talking about the positive impact that they're creating with the business that they're doing. The marketing might do it, but the people themselves, it's a high pressure environment, right? Um, So I was really lost, I would say, in the sense of who am I? You know, I thought about leaving my tech business. I was launching a, you know, a professional speaking. Um, but I also had took that time to do a deep dive and work with a coach of mine to find out who am I and what really moves me? What are my passions? What is, you know, what is some of the traumas that may be holding me back in terms of quote unquote success or financial success or stop comparing myself or whatnot? And I came to realize that I'm someone, JT, who loves doing many things. I'm a polymath. Um, 
you know, when I was in high school, I mean, you, you probably could identify people when you were a teacher that were super talented, super smart, but never applied themselves. Right. I was that kid, you know, my, my, my parents always received messages from my teachers throughout grade school and high school saying Edwin's super talented, but he's bored. You know, he's smart, but he's bored. He's not applying himself. And then I got, for some reason, because probably my father's an engineer, I went to computer engineering. I didn't have the marks to do it at the time, but I worked as hard as I can. I ended up in computer engineering. And now I'm in a role education system where I had six courses, all difficult, 30 hours of class plus lab time. And they're probably not the easiest subjects in university, right? Um, I had to, it took me about a semester to figure out how to learn and how to study. But after that, I crushed engineering. I A plus everything. Um, and then I left school and went to compute. I went to work and I was bored again. Now I got one task again. And I was super bored. You know, it got me thinking last year, JT, my daughter was four years old and I was watching her learn. And as a parent or an elder, we encourage these young humans to learn everything and anything. It doesn't matter if it's related. Go ahead, learn this, do this. But something changes when they get older. We start telling them, no, no, what, you got to choose a topic. You got to choose what you want to be when you grow up. And I started thinking about that. I'm like, no, you know, you know, when people ask my child that, I'm like, no, 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 she's who she needs to be already. You could ask her what she wants to do when she grows up. It's a bad, it's a better question, actually, because, you know, us as adults, we still don't know what we want to be. So how are we asking children 12 years old, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> That's a, such an unfair question. Um, so fast forward to being an entrepreneur. I chose entrepreneurship because I wanted to be my own boss. You know, I want to do whatever I want to do. But then entrepreneurs will tell you, peers, coaches, oh, you got to choose one, one niche, one topic, be a specialist. And I'm like, oh, man, people, entrepreneurs and non-entrepreneurs, they're all telling me the same thing. So I was li literally like, JT, I'm like, oh, am I, am I crazy that I, I like doing many things? But last year, working with my coach, um, you may know her, Kira Day. She's the founder of the, the Passion Center. Shout out to Kira. Um, you know, it really, I really realized this is who I am. And I can't fight that. It doesn't matter what people say and do and whatnot. Like, this is what I like to do. And this is how I thrive. Because if I'm only doing one thing, I'm bored as crap. I got all the time in the world. But if I'm doing multiple things, then yeah, that's who I am. So I, that was the end of the summer. And I was lost doing all different things, but I knew my essence now. Or I relearned who I was and how I operate and why I like learning, right? Um, until I met a friend in, in, in Kensington Market here in Toronto, which is a cool area, and it was September. Um, it's literally probably almost one year today. And he inspired me. He's like, Edwin, I need to, the 100 days is coming up for the end of the year. And he had an audacious goal, and I was inspired. I was like, oh, that's amazing. He's like, Edwin, and here's the twist. He's like, Edwin, I see you doing many things. What would happen if you focused on one thing? <laughs> <laughs> so now because I was lost, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this challenge because I've never, never done this. And I made an audacious goal, JT, September 22nd. So almost 12 days from today is my one year anniversary. I said, I'm going to 100x my business in 100 days because what I learned and through conversation is success 
is not a linear line. You know, if we think about NBA players, they're at zero, amateur. All of a sudden, there is a, a cliff, and you're at three million a year. And then you're a superstar or a good, you go to 10 million or 30 million a year. But there's no zero to 30 like this. Yeah. It, there's something that switches in you and you believe that I am this. And then, and then it happens, right? So I'm like, yeah, I think I could 100x in 100 days. Like, why not me, right? And mm. when I was deciding on this, JT, before the week was coming, I was hit with a lot of fear and self-worth. I couldn't sleep in, during the weekend. I was like, questions like, who the hell do you think you are, Edwin, to 100x this? Like, you can't do this. Like, the devil on the shoulder was going hard. And, and with my practice and the people I have surrounded myself with, I actually sat with that feeling through the whole weekend. And what was interesting through the meditation, prayers, journaling, running, whatever I was doing at the time, the conversation changed, JT. It was like, why not you, Edwin? You, you're, you're, you're enough. You could do this. Like, you're no different than the person who's on that side already. Um, it was just making that decision. So on September 22nd, I made this audacious goal. I'm going to 100x my business in 100 days. And I, and I went public. I put it on YouTube. I shared it on my thing. And what happened with that decision and that public declaration, JT, was that something lifted in me and things started manifesting. I started moving with purpose. I started moving in a way I never moved before or thought or felt. And it was, it wasn't that I was moving faster because I was always someone who hustled, but I was, I think it was moving intently and with belief, self-belief, um, in myself and what I was doing. Um, so just to end that story, the 100 days went, came and gone, but I didn't 100x my business. But what happened was I 100x my mindset because there was a practice that I was doing. I was keeping a daily video blog of myself and I'd be like, oh, today's day one or today's day 22. I talked to JT and, and I'm going to 100x my business. And what I was doing and I didn't realize until I reflected after was I was doing self-talk and affirmations because that stuff never worked for me before but now i was doing it and i didn't realize i was doing it i was saying going live every day you know this is edwin's day 20 i'm going to 100x my business in 100 days and what happened through that 100 days is my belief became conviction that i am 100x like i am the path and i'm there already and this is the way it feels like and it's interesting when i look back at some of those videos jt it's such a great diary of myself and it's a testament to what I do because, you know, first off, I was, I was questioning JT at the time. I'm like, who the hell does these videos? And I think in my journal, I'm like, the guy that's 100Xing obviously is going to do it. <laughs> but now I look back at myself, I could see and I transport myself to the Edwin last year and I'm like, oh, man, you're amazing. I'm proud of you for doing that. Because it's not easy to do that and, and to put yourself out there and to continue to grow and scale and, and do that. But yeah, that's, uh, that's how I made that decision. And long story in 10 minutes. <laughs> it's all good. You know, brother, I, I love that you shared it. And again, you're such a beautiful storyteller and, and that you're painting this one. And I feel like I'm there right there with you. 
two things really, as you were sharing, really came up for me. You know, again, the power of questions, right? Of self-reflection. And, you know, what came up for me was, you know, an undisciplined mind will say, why me, right? And then why I've learned that is that the why me question you're going to find the barriers, all the reasons why you shouldn't, all the doubt, all the worry, all the insecurities are going to pop up, right? The, but I love how you shared a, a number of times, why not me? Why, why not me? Why, you know, and, and, and just asking that different question, even just plants that seed, that one seed that, hey, you know what? It's possible for me, right? It just gets your mind so open to possibility, and I love how you shared about this idea of embodiment, right? And, and this is where intellectually, I know there are people going here that intellectually they can write that goal, right? And they can say, oh, I can 100X. But do you actually believe, like, is it embodied in you? Like, do you, do you truly believe at your core, you know, that when challenges, when setbacks, when obstacles come up, like, can you still take that focus inspired action? And I love how you talked about that. It was just, it's who you are. Like you are, and I noticed your social, Edwin 100X, right? So, so I love how you're talking just, again, the, the power of self-reflection and to the power of being, of becoming, right? So, so I love that you shared that, brother. Yeah, it's funny that you, you notice, and people notice Edwin 100X because that, that happened after the 100 days. And, and I'm like... I'm going to change my, I'm going to change my tags. I'm going to change all of them. And, you know, it was an amazing experience I had. I started doing, I started streaming on Twitch, um, some virtual co-working stuff at the beginning of the year. And I was really inspired by many um, DJs, but I would, I had changed my tag. Twitch was the first one. I changed my tag to Edwin hundred X and I went in and it was this Filipino DJ out in San Francisco. So I'm saying, hey, what's up everyone. And yo, what's up Edwin a hundred times. Man, someone having someone say it back to me, dude, that was life changing. I was just like, holy crap, I am I Edward Hundred X. Like people see me now as that, even though they didn't know me. But me hearing someone say it, and then that day, JT, I changed all of them except Twitter. Twitter, someone owns it. I tried to get it already. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, but yeah, that was me embodying it, and that's a great word because I never thought of it that way. But that was me, like. This is who I am. I can't, yeah. I can't play small. You know, a lot of, a lot of us may believe it, like you say, but deep down, we're still playing small or we don't feel it, right? We don't, you know, I may, I may say a couple of things. I may talk a good game, but if you don't believe you're that superstar or that star player, like, you know, then it, it's going to show, right? Well, and I think it brings up what we were talking about earlier as we came on. You were reflecting that a lot of you had to do the uncomfortable work, right? And, and that's the interesting thing that I find the blessing in this last 18 months has really been it's forced all of us to slow down, to, to be still. And being still in our world of hustle, grind, go, 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 go can feel really uncomfortable, I know that just leaving teaching, how, how, how much my idea of has changed. But I love how you talked about it really prompted you to take a look at, you know, your level of self-worth, right? The confidence. And I'm a firm believer that confidence has no competition. That when you truly embody confidence 
And folks, this is not this fake it or make it garbage. That is like the worst BS I've ever heard. People can smell that a mile a minute, right? People can feel it. Even if they don't know, that's where that spidey sense kind of comes off where you're like, I yeah, don't you know. This. You show up differently too, if you're trying to fake it. You just yeah. show up. You could you could see it on social media right away, yeah. mile away. <laughs> so I'm curious, what has that process been like? Like, how is your understanding of this idea of self-worth, confidence? How has that shifted as you, you know, sort of became aware that, hey, I am 100, I am at 100x. Yeah, self-worth is an interesting topic for me because that was something I, I'm, I'm born and raised Canadian, Filipino and Catholic. So if you put those two and two together, um, the culture itself is very humble. Um, you know, there are people who may look at people, there's a term in Filipino called mayabang, you know, it's, you're too boastful and doing stuff. And, you know, when I did my work, I realized that that was something that came up, right? And that's just your cultural upbringing. But when I understand what it meant and what it means, like it had nothing to do with me or who I was. Um, so it's just this like, no, I understand who I am and what self-worth means to me. But why I think self-worth is such an interesting thing is because it's like this devil on your shoulder, right? Who's always like gives you that doubt is like, no, you're not that person. You're not that person. But what I believe with this confidence that we're talking about and the strength of an awareness of who you are and what you bring to the world. And even if your world is just your family and your inner circle and how you show up with them, it's strong. It's a strong armor, I guess, so to speak. But what I tell people when I speak with them is this devil actually never disappeared, especially when we're continuing to grow and scale and push ourselves, right? But what I find, JT, is that negative talk, that devil, that person that comes in, I'm so ultra aware of it now. Mm -hmm. And I recognize it. And I'm like, yes, I feel that unworthiness. Thanks for coming. And let's, you know, I'll, I'll acknowledge it because I don't think it will fully, you know, I'm, I'm launching a new project that's coming out really soon. And I've battled with like, who am I to launch this thing? Like, like this is a big project. It's something really putting myself out there now but I'm moving forward full steam ahead. Right. Like, it's like, yeah, I, I, I recognize the self-worth and I think it's, I don't think it's a bad thing to have that because it keeps you humble to continue to grow and, and build and have trust and belief and faith in what you're doing. Because this is, you know, at the end of the day, us, JT, yourself and my folks who are always looking and uber curious of how we could help and, the community that we're serving by having these conversations. I mean, I believe this is God's work now, right? Like this is, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have that humble opinion that, yeah, we're good, but we don't know everything. Right. And we're just keeping the space for, you know, our family. You know, when I look at my daughter, you know, I'm doing this for her. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this for my wife and my family, my parents and, you know, and anyone who's listening is an amazing byproduct of this, right? And how do we lift everyone up? And the only way we do that is we lift ourselves and we battle the demons ourselves too. Yeah. And be open with it. Well, I love how you share that, right? And again, just, just how honest, right? And transparent that is that, listen, the doubt, the worry, the fears, the insecurities, they are part of the game of life, right? It's not that we want to expect them, but we just understand that 
that's, you know, the devil, the old conditioning, the paradigm, whatever you want to call it. It's just, it's that, it's that voice that's trying to keep you stuck right where you are. Right. So I love that you share, but the difference, right, between successful and highly effective people is they use that and, and they understand that the only way to get through that, and I'll use a football analogy, is to run right through it, right, is to get, pick up speed, gain momentum, take focus action, lower the shoulder, keep the knees driving and run through. And that's the only way. And when you consistently do that, you bang right through. Grows, right? Your confidence grows. You bang grows. right through that line, that defensive yeah. line. They're nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you got and, and that's where that X comes from, right? Is, yeah. and, and that's the game, right? And, and to me, I, I think I'd share with you is that's one of the biggest growths I've had is that before I was unaware. I thought that the discomfort, the doubt, the worry was just, you know, would just start off this cascade of negative self-talk and da, 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 where now I'm like, yeah, right. And, and I think for anyone that's listening to this, they're ambitious, they're driven like you and I, they want to grow, but I've learned that when that voices are coming up, that's a great sign that I'm thinking bigger, right. That I'm challenging myself to grow. So it's reframing that relationship around discomfort with doubt, with worry, and, and just saying, Hey, it's a great sign that you're growing and that you're alive. And that's the beauty of life. Yeah, I heard a reframe, real, real reframe from one of Drake's new songs, and he said something in in the lyrics is he's like, anxiety makes me push through. Like he uses anxiety, push it through. It's not to not to you know, because you know, anxiety, anxiety is. I wouldn't say it's a buzzword right now, but it's it may be overly used right now in social media, anxiety, mm-hmm. and depending on what you want to do it. And I think what he said was like, no, take that anxiety and just push right through. Like use it, you know, mm-hmm. as motivation. Um, which is interesting. Not, I, I don't think he's trying to put away like mental health or anything, but it was just like, what I heard was like, yeah, when I have anxiety, it's because I'm pushing forward on things and it's uncomfortable and yeah. use it as motivation. Anyways, that was a, that was just like literally the other day. I'm like, oh, it's an interesting reframe. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I'd love that you just share again, that law of polarity, right? That you can look at, and I'll go back to it, like, you can look at your barriers or you can look at your blessings. You can look at why me or why not me, right? Like it's it's really again the power of question, like actually stopping and thinking, right? Is is really what I'm trying to get at here. So a question that came up for me as you were talking about it. So you can see your energy, your enthusiasm, your passion, you know, as you talk about 100x and what that's meant. So I'm curious, has it impacted other areas of your life other than just your business? Yeah, hundred percent. I think my relationships with my wife, I think, you know, a hundred X, the hundred X concept for me started with the business, but I realized hundred X thing is it's, it's really a lifestyle, right? And you can't be complete. You can't have a, you could, you could tilt the scales if you a hundred extra business, but the rest of the, the rest of your life is in shambles internally. You're, you're dying, right? Um, so the relationships that I'm having, the, you know, the gratefulness practice I have with myself and with my family that has improved. Um, even the conversations I have with like friends like you and people in my circle, it's, it's interesting, um, how things are moving and people are resonating and, you know, like even like relationships with my family, my parents and my sister, it's just like, 
I just understand or maybe I don't take the things that used to affect me personally, right? And I just understand everyone has their own demons and I can't take anything personally. And if I feel that something's triggering me, maybe I'll just bring it up. I'm like, oh, why did you say that? You know, um, it, it's, it's so funny because these are stuff we, like you said, we knew, you know, um, logically before. But once you put this presence or this energy in place, it's just everything. It's life. It's just how do I improve? How do I show up? How do I be a role model to not only my daughter, to everyone, you know, to the people on the streets, to um, people you meet, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, I'm super pumped. I'm super excited. It's just like that calling, right? It's like, you know, for those who are listening and like, Edwin, how do you, how do you, you know, I was in a mastermind meeting the other day and it was like, how do you find your purpose or your passion? Right. And, and I don't, I, I don't think it's finding it. It's just releasing what you love. Right. It was like me releasing that. I truly am a polymath, someone who loves to do many things release that because that's allows me to be me now and be like fully show up. Right. It's uh, it's just this acceptance of self, I think. And I love again, how, you know, again, we could go probably really deep with that, but it all comes back to this idea that you were talking about earlier. It's like truly like knowing yourself, right? It's coming from this idea of, I think we live in a world where it's really easy to try to force life, right? Like it has to look this way and we try to force it into this box, this pretty little box. But really when you take massive action, in spite of the doubt, the worry, the fear, the insecurities, what you do is you empower yourself to take the power back. And at the essence, it's allowing, you know, what I, you know, the fundamental belief I have is that everyone has greatness inside of them. And that when you take that power back, you allow more of that greatness to shine through. And when you do that, life just feels different, right? It just, you just show up with more love in your heart, more, more joy and more peace. And that's what makes life worth living. That's where things are in flow. That's when you're in the zone and that's where you start to win the effortless way in all areas. Yeah. hundred percent. And you start flowing, you start moving faster. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not fast. Faster is probably not the best word, but I'm moving at a speed that I may have never moved in before but on the flip side i'm so relaxed and i'm so present so it's such an interesting thing that on the other side of the tracks you may not think that's possible you may say i gotta hustle i gotta hustle i gotta hustle and when i make it is when i'm gonna relax yeah what does that mean right like it's the 100x life is hustle and relax like it's we could have it all right now it's just you got to turn it on yeah. Yeah. And that question, why not? Why not you? Right? Why not 100x? Why can't we do it now? Why yeah. can't I have it all? Right? It's it's and it's and we have it all, right? I mean, in essence, JT, you know, if you were to look at you know, Pablo's hierarchy, you know, are we secured? Are we loved? Do we have shelter? Do we have food? We have it all. You know, mm-hmm. and we're already near the top trying to do this self-awareness and self-discovery. Like people who are doing this work and people who are listening, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're not traveling 
or driving that car, but you're learning yourself in the essence, I think, I think, I think you're a success. I think you made it. <laughs> and what has come up a number of times as you've, as you've shared that is that idea of like that Napoleon Hill quote, and I'll sort of paraphrase it. Like it takes no more effort to aim high in life than to accept misery and poverty. Right. And, and again, we're not just talking financially, we're talking all areas of life, right? Like it really takes no more effort right? To, to live this great life, to live this 100x life than it does to just accept the status quo, to accept feeling stuck. Yeah, I think so. And it's, 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 it's almost, I'm still learning how to explain it. So I'm so grateful to have these conversations, right? Because it's, it's just like, it's like a switch. And once you know, and not to, you know, I just saw the matrix, <laughs> the thing but it's literally like taking that pill and all of a sudden you're awake and it's literally that instant i think but the instant it takes so many years to find that instant and then all of a sudden you're like oh i get everything i read the last freaking 10 years <laughs> yeah and it has it's it's not as actually difficult as i was trying to make it be it's it's such an interesting phenomenon actually you know, it's yeah. once it's like riding a bike. Once you ride a bike, you're never going to forget. But, yeah. you know, my daughter just learned how to ride a bike this year. Right. And riding on two wheels is unsurmountable in their mind. Like, how the hell do you do this? It's almost backwards thinking. Actually, the faster you go, the more stable you get, which is actually ooh, that's, that, that's a deep one now. Yeah. Right. Because now they're overthinking. But if I don't look down, I look forward and I go faster. All of a sudden, you're flying and you're moving. Um, so it's a it's it's such an amazing phenomenon. And now they just get it, right? Now they just get it. They they don't remember having a difficult. They don't remember how it feels to be difficult and wobbly. It's so crazy. Well, again, I, I love that you're sharing that about you know your your daughter learning to ride a bike because it just brings me back to watching my own kids learn and. And that at the essence is taking risks. Why kids learn to ride bikes is because they actually get their arse on the bike. They don't care what other people think. They don't care what other people are going to say about them or what they might do. They take action. Yeah. You know what? They understand that they're going to fall down, but you have to get on the bike and have that willingness to even take that risk before you can actually get faster. So, so I love that. I think riding a bike is a great analogy of just, just, just make a decision and go. It's, it's got to go in our book now. hundred yeah. <laughs> <laughs> X life, how to ride a bike. Just throwing out titles now. <laughs> that, that's all good. That's all good. So I, I'm curious as you venture down here, you know, and, and again, continue to explore and we'll say discover, rediscover, right? What, what brings you joy, what you love to do, that, that, that polymath, you know, what's, what's next for you? Whoa, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I've, been, I've been on this, I mean, it, it might be obvious for those listening and for yourself, G2, like I'm so pumped of what I had learned and excited at how I learned it and the processes that I did to get to this realization of conviction is that I, I started I started on this 100 day epics is what I call them they're 100 day challenges and 
one of the 100 days that ended in August 31st was to get on many podcasts like yourself here and to share this excitement and what I'm discovering and what I'm learning. And along the way, and, and I'm super grateful for you, JT, because you were the first persons to say yes to me at the time, because I didn't know what I was doing. But it's funny, you're the first person to say yes, but you're one of the last people I'm getting on to talk about it. So you're actually getting a refined story. <laughs> but what I found was when I share this, people resonate and people actually took there were a number of people who, after I spoke with, they they went to their social media and declared a 100-day goal and an audacious goal. And a good friend of both of ours, uh, Catherine, she's like, Edwin, man, you got to you gotta create something, you know, you got you to gotta put something. And it was really apparent at that time when people started doing this is because I didn't have any of these assets or I didn't have any of these places to go to learn more. And like I said at the beginning is like, when we learn, it's best to learn with people, right? And people that are also in the same journey starting or realization. Um, so I'm trying to build that intersection. I'm, I'm creating the 100X Life, uh, this website that's launching later this month. Uh, and within the 100X Life, which is, I believe, a mindset, it's a lifestyle, it's, how, it's a way of thinking, but it's going to start off with a club. So 100X Club, where I'm trying to bring not trying, I'm bringing in like-minded people who want to find this support and this community because what's apparent is we need it. We need this accountability. And people who like to do many things and grow and build, you know, the outside world doesn't understand us. They're like, how come you're doing many? Why are you doing podcasting when you have a tech business? It doesn't connect. <laughs> or why are you running? And it's because I love to do it. Like, why not? And I want to be around people who are like, accept me for that. And I think ultimately people do accept me for that because I am embodying it, like you said, and people are inspired by like, oh, yeah, I have a nine to five, but why can't I do this too? Why can't I write a book? Why can't I just go painting and do stuff like that and, and just accept it for that? So um, I'm super excited. The, the launch is September 22nd. I'll, I'll drop it for you and your community as I drop it up. But that's that's what that's what that's the immediate next um, water station for me. Okay, I love it. Comes back to the the running analogy, and I think you you know you bring up this great point of how important surrounding yourself with like-minded people, with building a community. Because the truth is, and, and you shared it best, is that not everyone's going to get it. Not everyone sees the value in growth. And I often come back to this analogy of crabs in a bucket, that whenever a crab strives to get out of the bucket, right, it starts climbing up, the other crabs try to pull them down right back down to their level. And again, it's not good or bad. I mean, everyone's journey is their journey, but this is where it's important, going back to what we talked about, of getting clear on what you want, right? And, and that's your only responsibility. How it happens is none of your concern. It's not, it's not up to you. And that's where I think that, that sort of like, fun, messy middles, I call it is, is you just got to get clear. If you want to live the hundred X life, understand that it's, as you move, it's going to, it's going to, your clarity is going to grow. How it happens, 
not up to you, but you just got to keep moving and walking and, and, and just loving the journey. It's like, it's like being your running back, right? Yeah. You know, you want to get through the, the line and you don't, rem- you don't realize that your blockers <laughs> are coming in to clear the path. Yeah. You just got to go. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And now you're speaking I'm, to I'm bringing you to your, I'm bringing you to yeah. your world now. You're, you're making, you're making, you're simplifying it for me. <laughs> so brother, I have one last question for you. So, yeah. you know, you've, you've chosen to use this time as an opportunity to, to grow, to dive deeper and really get, you know, sort of peel the layers of the proverbial onion back. You know, this last 18 months has obviously been different for different people, but I think what it's reminded us is that challenges, setbacks, obstacles, they're part of the game of life. It's not that we want to expect them, but it's just understanding that they do pop up from time to time. So I'm curious, what is a suggestion, maybe a piece of advice you would give someone that's maybe going through a challenging time right now? You know, just one focused action they could take today to get back on their feet, create some positive momentum, and just get back on their journey to greatness. Yeah, that's a great question. The advice or the practice that I always share and something I, I, I started with my family and my daughter is, is, is our gratefulness practice. And, you know, I have my daughter, she's, we've been doing this over a year and, and I just try to get her to focus on what are you grateful for today? We do it before we sleep and it just, it just clears things out. I mean, it's, it's such a simple, simple practice, you know, you know, when my wife is having a bad day, she hates it when I say it, I'm like, but babes, what what are you grateful for? She hates it. <laughs> but it's it's that simple. And if you're listening in there today, and you're wondering, oh man, it's so tough. I'm never gonna do this. Like you know, we have so much to be grateful for. Um, you know, we're breathing, we're eating. You know, and uh, we're growing. I think there's just so much gratefulness to do that. Um, that that's that's a big staple in my my practice. I do it a number of ways. Um, but one of them is with my family. So 100% being grateful. It's just amazing how I love the simplicity, right? The, the keep it simple, simple. Just focus on your blessings and more great things will flow into your life. Yeah, focus, focus on what we have. And that's the presence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if we're focusing on the things that we don't have, it's, that's, that's, a, that, that's a wrong path to go down. I think we can probably both speak, right? We've been there, done that, have the t-shirt. So it's this, it's just a lot more fun to focus on what we, all the blessings we do have, right? <laughs> oh yeah, because it's true. But I mean, I guess on the flip side, focusing on the stuff you don't have is also true, but it will yeah. always be true if you're always yeah. focusing on that. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. So I know you, we've been sharing, what's the best way people can follow you, get connected with you? Please share away, brother. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I'm most active personally on the on my Instagram at Edwin One Hundred X. I like to share things there personally and stuff like that. Um, but happy happy to connect. Uh, my email address is Edwin at the Hundred X dot Life. Um, happy to hear from you. Um, happy to support you. But stay tuned, JT. Um, the Hundred X Club is is launching, so that's what I'm super excited about um, on that launch and to to. You know, it's funny. I share this in, in some of my masterminds. I'm like, I'm not only the founder of it. I'm also a player. I'm the player coach. 
Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm the veteran, but I'm still learning, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's what I'm looking to do. Yeah. Well, again, that, that speaks volumes about what a great, you know, mentor and, and coach and leader you are is that, Hey, it's recognizing that, you know, you don't have all the answers, but you're just a, fur- a few rungs further ahead on the ladder and you just want to help elevate and empower people to join you on the 100 X life. That's right. Okay. Let's go for the ride. Me and Let's JT. Ride. So brother, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you. I, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you for the man you are, the husband, the, the great dad, you know, the great thought, you know, inspiring leader you are, but most importantly, the amazing human being, you know, the one thing that I've always appreciated about you is, is this level of energy and enthusiasm and passion you have for life. I still remember the first time that we met was at Jay's. It was actually the first ma- like business mass networking event that I went to. And I remember you came there and, and, you know, to connect with Catherine and Jay. And I just remember just seeing this energy that you had was just really, I don't know, there's something about it. It was like this it factor. And I think as we've got to know each other more, I just love how your ability to share your journey and really want to serve, be of service to others. It's just so evident in who you are. So I just wanted to thank you for providing me with that reminder about what life's really about. JT, thank you for that. I really appreciate that. And uh, definitely keep, keep, keep doing the huddle. Keep doing what you do, man. I'm really <laughs> proud of you. Yeah. Well, thank you. So folks, as I say every week in the huddle, here is my challenge to you. Edwin today dropped so many valuable nuggets of wisdom, right? Different ideas that are going to challenge that old conditioning, the devil, the the paradigm, whatever you want to call it. But as I remind you every week in the huddle, knowledge is potential power. It's the consistent and focused application of that knowledge that actually creates great results in your life. So take one of these valuable nuggets of wisdom and apply it to your life. And that's how you will get to your next level of greatness, your 100x life. Have an amazing rest of your day. And I'll chat with you next time in the huddle.